1-800-848-6767, extension 626. Stay tuned for Jennifer Stone with Cover to Cover. The time is 3.30. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw, and today is the last day of August, August 31st, 2004. Yes, I hope you're ready, ready for Laura Bush this evening, yes. Laura Bush. What was it Bella Abzug used to tell women? Talk softly and carry a lipstick. Aha! Good old Bella Abzug. <laughs> Not even Jimmy Carter could cope with Bella Abzug. Oh, dear. And then there's Arnie going to speak tonight, our governor. I bet you the old boy network is going to find a use for Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ah, the parallels to Ronald Reagan ring in my ear. Such healthy, happy guys, you know, friendly fascism, all that energy and popularity, vroom, vroom, an ubermensch, and he's married to an uberwench, Maria Shriver, the uh, member of the glamorous Kennedy clan, uh, a poor woman, look, she looks like a cadaver lately, four kids, no wonder she had second thoughts about um, his running, uh, I... I, I guess she deserves a little sympathy, but she certainly got herself into that one. Uh, I kept listening this last couple of days. I kept switching back and forth on C-SPAN. I would listen to a little smidgen of the current convention. Then I'd switch to the other C-SPAN channel, which gave us the historical speeches. I'm Eileen Alfandari. Every night at 6 o'clock, join me, Mark Miracle, Wendell Hart. Hi, Eileen Alfandari. I wonder why Eileen Alfandari is coming on. God bless you. Yes, anyway. Uh, I was listening to JFK's 1960 speeches, and uh, I got to thinking how, of course, uh, no matter uh, how witty they are, uh, how sophisticated the truth is that Politics is now and always has been a game for egomaniacs loaded with primate grandiosity and uh, BS. What was someone said once? Politicians believe in everything. Philosophers believe in nothing. 
I caught Bill Clinton at the Riverside Church. He said, well, they're going to put on all that sweetness and light. I thought at least he's read his Matthew and Arnold. Uh, uh, he is trying to look like a philosopher, and I think uh, I have to be very careful every time I say any kind word about Bill Clinton. Uh, some of our listeners go ballistic. Uh, I always have to put a disclaimer on explaining that... Um, what is that, uh, uh, situational ethics apply to politics. No American president uh, is what we would call um, uh, a good man. I mean, that is to say, they are all uh, murderers. That's part of the job description. Um, it's more and more difficult, you know, to talk about uh, the relativism. Uh, I think... Uh, what is it, looking at the Republicans and the chill that goes down my spine, uh, I, I, I try to, to believe that things are no worse than they have been in the past, and yet, and yet, and yet, I can't, I can't quite buy that. Uh, God bless the folks that are out there in front of Madison Square Garden. Uh, I hope that there's not too much roughing up 600 arrests, we're told, uh, I, I made a note of the, the best of the uh, signs. I love them. I think my favorite might be Asses of Evil instead of Axis of Evil. Yes, Asses of Evil, Bush Cheney. Anyway, my pick would be No Gods, No Masters, which is the title of my favorite book uh, about uh, religious fundamentalism, No Gods, No Masters. Uh, oh, yes. Um there was the usual stuff, you know, Bush number one recruiter for jihad, Bush plus Dick equal F, uh, Bush's bombs, busted Uncle Sam's bank, uh, sexual liberation, not foreign uh, domination, uh, all of the just say yes and just say no's and sexy peace, and uh, I don't have to like Bush to love my country and all that deep stuff. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorites was, yeah, Free Huey. I like that. Free Huey. Uh, it's time. Feel a draft. Jail time for war criminals. Uh, more effing, less fighting. Bush is a nitwit. Homos for peace. That's a nice one. Um, the Liars War. George W. Bush. Intelligence failure number one. Uh, that's what we should do. We should have a... Uh, a contest. We've got to come up with some new bumper stickers. Life is a bumper sticker. We have to get it all into three syllables because that's what propaganda is. Actually, I kind of liked one slogan here. Yes, uh, drunk at the wheel again. That just about says it. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I wanted to talk today about women because, as Molly Ivins tells us in the current issue of Mother Jones, uh, the women's issues, so-called, have just about disappeared. They're not uh, on the map. They're not discussed directly. Um, what we get, of course, is Laura Bush fronting for her good husband. Uh, before I look at the um, the uh, women's issues, the pro-choice issue, I just wanted to remind everybody uh, that there's a magazine out on the streets called Street Spirit. And since it's the end of August... I want you to get the last copies. Um, Poor Richard's Almanac is invaluable. Now, this this only comes out once a month. It's uh, for the homeless, and they get the money. 
Poor Leonard's Almanac is written by Leonard Roy Frank, who's a nice guy, lives in San Francisco, and uh, I try to call him up on the phone sometimes because he, he's a, uh, he's like me, he loves to quote things. Yes, I, last night I was trying to make a note about the religiosity of the Republicans and all I could find, oh, Thomas Paine is my favorite. Thomas Paine wrote, Belief in a Cruel God makes a cruel man tell me about it and then there's frederick nietzsche who said distrust all in whom the impulse to punish is powerful yes that's in thus spake zarathustra nietzsche uh, tried to tell us that uh, it is not good to be a torturer a punisher and leonard roy frank in this current issue of street spirit has given us a page full of quotations on the subject of torture. Um, it's a tough one, you know. Uh, it seems to me that it's self-evident, but I, I guess I was wrong about that, obviously. Um, you know, sometimes it's um, three steps forward and five steps back. Uh, I remember thinking after we saw the pictures of the Holocaust when I was a little kid, that that would, of course, never happen again once it had been shown to the world how terrible it was. Uh, here's a quote that uh, Leonard Roy Frank put in his column. It's from Jean Amory, who um, uh, committed suicide in 1978, a uh, Holocaust survivor. Uh, tortured by the Gestapo in 1943, then sent to Auschwitz. Uh, let's see. This is a quote. It's quoted in The Drowned and the Saved uh, by Primo Levi in 1986. Here we go. Anyone who has been tortured remains tortured. Anyone who has suffered, anyone who has suffered torture never again will be able to be at ease in the world. The abomination of the annihilation is never extinguished. Those of us, well, people who know about, even abuse sufferers know, that uh, recovery is an illusion, of course. We go on and some people, uh, some people through suffering can learn, can evolve. But for others, um, that's not possible. Uh, and of course, Nothing will ever again be the same. Uh, never again be able to be at ease in the world. We all know what that's about. Um, you can see it. Look at certain children and you know that they will never be at ease in the world. Uh, the truth is that uh, uh, apparently our culture is shifting a little bit. It says here, it's in ABC News, Washington Post poll recently found that 46% of Americans believe that physical abuse, short of torture, is sometimes acceptable, and 35% thought that outright torture is acceptable in some cases. Whoops! Uh, now, folks, <laughs> you know, the Geneva Convention is not optional. It's the law of the land, signed by the President, ratified by Congress. Uh, let's see, the Geneva Convention... Article 17, August 12, 1949, reads, No physical or mental torture nor any other form of coercion may be inflicted on prisoners of war to secure from them information of any kind whatsoever. Prisoners of war who refuse to answer 
may not be threatened, insulted, or exposed to unpleasant or disadvantageous treatment of any kind. Well, that's more than 50 years ago, folks. Ah, yes. Ah, I don't know. Henry Miller writes here in the Colossus back in 1941. As long as human beings can sit and watch with hands folded while their fellow men are tortured and butchered, so long will civilization be a hollow mockery, a wordy phantom suspended like a mirage above a swelling sea of murdered carcasses. Yep, there it is. It's in the um, Poor Richard's Almanac, the page in Street Spirit. Costs a dollar, and I suggest that you give the guys two dollars if you can afford it and get a copy. It's out on the streets now. There's a poem in here by a friend of mine, Deirdre Evans, and uh, it reminded me of my three o'clock in the morning. Yes, uh, three o'clock in the morning times in the true dark night of the soul. It is always three o'clock in the morning, day after day after day. Deirdre writes. Plains in the middle of the night when I can't sleep and the world seems shrouded in silence and regret. I hear them approach. The planes. The planes flying in formation. Roaring raptors of war. Pregnant with missiles. Waiting to explode into birth. Somewhere across the sea. <laughs> Exploding into birth is a fascinating image. I want to talk a little bit about birth today because, uh, as I said, the war on women has certainly gone from a state of siege to a reign of terror. I want to um, refer you to a book by Oriana Falacci called Letter to a Child Never Born. It's an in-depth study of her feelings, this Italian journalist, her feelings when she becomes pregnant and decides not to bear the child. Uh, and uh, also I want to refer you to Mother Jones, the current issue, very important issue, if you can get your hands on it. Uh, Molly Ivins has an article called, He Loves Us Not for the Last Four Years. George Bush has been waging a stealth campaign against women. It's also a fascinating article in here, a personal story by a woman um, who writes about uh, the way it was back then. Yes, the Beatles ruled. The mini was in. I was 17 and pregnant. What happened next is what could happen again. I keep telling young women that they must remember to fear the state. Uh, so many of them are so self-assured. God bless them, you know. They can't imagine things going back to uh, what it was like when I was growing up. Uh, in any case, um, I, I uh, stopped watching the uh, god-awful mess on the media this week. Uh, I told myself that I couldn't endure the sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity of these guys and of these women. Uh, uh, I turned off the TV and I turned on the radio and I heard Rick Santorum talking to Terry Gross about uh, his ban on what he calls partial birth abortion. 
and <laughs> I don't know. I I must I must stop being shocked. It's a little silly when you're seventy years old to be shocked. Uh, Rick Santorum is a Roman Catholic. He told a sad story about his wife's struggle to give birth to a compromised fetus. Uh, was born alive at 20 weeks, uh, lived two hours. He took it home to show the other children so they would remember their baby brother. And when he told that story, I thought of a woman I knew in 1960 uh, when I was hospitalized um, in a maternity ward. Uh, there I was, being pumped full of blood. Uh, I had a placenta pravia, they called it. Anyway, never mind my story. I think I've told that on the air before. But I was lying next to a gentle young woman, and uh, she was putting up with a flood of relatives. I couldn't help thinking of the Ingmar Bergman movie. Perhaps you may have seen it. It's a very obscure Ingmar Bergman movie called The Brink of Life. It's a shattering film. I saw it during my first pregnancy. I was seven months pregnant. Everyone in the audience stared at me. Anyway, it's about the horrific things that can happen to women. Uh, anyway, this young woman it was a uh, lovely, gentle, Catholic Madonna. And uh, all of her relatives and her priest were there to tell her that it was God's will that she suffered and that she had lost another baby. And they told her how brave she was to continue getting pregnant, um, even though her five living children were being raised primarily by her mother. Uh, she suffered chronic ill health and so on and so on. What I saw in her was a kind of medieval, uh, what is it, a kind of beauty, I suppose. Uh, it's masochism. She had this saintly air. She was utterly passive in the hands of fate. She held fast to her God. Uh, masochism is so fascinating. I could see how gratifying it was. Uh, it reminded me of a book called The Power of Sexual Surrender. See, the subscript is that a woman would be submissive not just to God, but to man. Uh, we call this the Madonna Syndrome, the Eternal Maternal. You know, you give up all personal choice, all personal response. We know that many women in other cultures where they have no hope of taking charge of their lives. Uh, this is, uh, what is it? Uh, it's a way of dealing with the forces around them. Uh, they simply say it is God's will. Um, shudder, I think, of the submissive characteristics of women everywhere. Uh, oh, dear. Submit, submit, submit. And, of course, they turn this into some kind of romance, I remember. I remember once uh, a man I was fond of telling me how I enjoyed my masochism. And I said, well, somebody has to, anyway. Uh, yes, to embrace male domination can feel good for hours, I tell you. It is the final freedom, this freedom from thought, from choice. Bloody hell. I listened to Rick Santorum and... It was like Edvard Munch's The Scream. I was throwing things around my apartment, trying to calm down. I got out Oriana Falaci's essay, Letter to a Child Never Born. I recommend that essay. Um, probably find it in a used bookstore or the library. Uh, if you know young women who are uh, troubled or in doubt about this issue, bearing children, uh, 
As most of us uh, know, it is a matter of personal choice. It is not a matter for governments. The government uh, doesn't need to be in our personal business. Governments are there to do that for us, which we cannot do for ourselves, you know, regulate interstate commerce. Anyway, um, these guys that think they have a license to practice medicine make me so angry I could spit tax. The ideology is simple. If you do not believe in abortion, do not have one. Um, of course, <laughs> in our culture, yes, most women are free to breed until we commit species suicide. The Chinese are trying to put some limits on things, but uh, uh, those of us who believe that it is compassionate to insist that each child be a wanted child, loved and provided for, we better recognize that the right-wing religious forces are, uh, what is that, uh, a clear and present danger. Uh, another movie I was thinking of the other day, I saw Laura Dern in a new picture called uh, We Don't Live Here Anymore. I love Laura Dern. Uh, it's a good picture. But she made an earlier picture that I recommend highly called Citizen Ruth about the uh, issue of choice. Very interesting picture. Citizen Ruth, number one on my list. Uh, now, if if these right-wingers do succeed in repealing Roe versus Wade, then half the population becomes automatically outlawed. Uh, I don't think that's a viable situation. On November the 5th, 2003, as you know, George W. signed the Partial Birth Abortion Ban Bill. As complete blathers, and of course, some judges have tried to uh, block this thing. Uh, I watched Bush with that silly smirk on his lips, that um, photograph, you know. He was uh, surrounded by nine congressmen, two of them Democrats. Rick Santorum there, he's the one who initiated the whole thing. He was flanked with these retro guys, um... Orrin Hatch, Tom DeLay, and Henry Hyde, dear, dear Henry Hyde. You remember Henry. He was in charge of the impeachment brouhaha. Once at a conference, uh, I heard him describe himself as a, was it, I think, 496-month-old fetus. Anyway, uh, when uh, uh, they do that sort of thing, I... I can't help hearing a primal scream underneath it all, you know. Something that has to do with, Mommy, don't kill me. If women have the power of life and death, if they make a choice, well, the game is up, you know. If they've got the baby, well, you know, they've got the ball. Now, do check out the September-October 2004 issue of Mother Jones for... More information on women, choice, reproductive freedom. The article, The Way It Was, is by Eleanor Cooney. She writes about uh, her uh, pregnancy many, many years ago. And I try to remember sometimes what it felt like, that war on women. I remember we needed always to have friends, nurses, people in medicine. I had a family full of doctors and even I was terrified most of the time, you know, trying to avoid pregnancy. 
doesn't do much for your psychosexual development. Uh, but before legal abortion, uh, things were pretty grim. We were outlaws, literally. Uh, now, in Molly Ivan's article, the uh, uh, He Loves Us Not article, she writes about Shrub's secret war on women, and what she details is the Bush agenda, the way his administration has simply disappeared the women's issues. You know, you call up to try to get the numbers, and they just say, well, we don't do the gender thing anymore, you know. He has um, uh, a plethora of women to front for him, uh, women from the various uh, right-wing groups, think tanks. It's always important to remember that the first thing old Hitler did when he came to power was padlock those birth control clinics. The first thing George Bush did after his inauguration, just about the first thing, was to reimpose that global gag rule on the groups abroad that receive U.S. funds for family planning. Now, uh, Molly talks about the way Laura Bush has been used as a front, you know, if Laura Bush says, well, I don't think they're going to repeal Roe versus Wade, you know, you can bet that the next thing is going to be George coming up with a new number. Uh, it strikes me most um, about Molly Ivan's piece that these Bush boys do what uh, the visitors, the friends, the priests did to that Catholic friend of mine in the hospital back in 1960. They tell her to pray. I kid you not. Uh, let's see. What did I do with that article? I had it right in front of me. Here it is. Right. It's absolutely hilarious. You will not believe the stuff. Um. <laughs> ah, yes. Okay. Here it is. Molly says, Bush has placed, uh, let's see. Um, oh, he, he, this is a list of the people, uh, who have posts involving women's health. And according to these appointees, it says, when you get PMS, pray. If your husband beats the crap out of you, just agree that wives should be submissive. And besides, as everybody in the Bush administration knows, women beat up men just as often as men beat up women. Oh, and if you get breast cancer, it's your fault because you had an abortion, a conclusion that particularly started people who studied the disease. Okay. Um, she goes on to add that, uh, yes, uh, Aside from scripture and prayer, there doesn't seem to be much help coming. Uh, and um, Molly Ivins points out that the Bush legacy in Texas, thanks to the uh, abstinence-only sex education that he promoted during his term as governor, is that Texas is now tied with Mississippi for having the highest teenage birth rate in the nation. Four percent of all 15 to 17-year-old girls in Texas give birth. She says, we're so proud. <laughs> oh, dear. Let's see. He loves us not. Uh, let's see. Premenstrual tension. Um, oh, I know my favorite here. Uh, she says that uh, the president apparently wants... Um, men, women, and children to refer to the penis as a ding-a-ling because uh, Advocates for Youth also had its Center for Disease Control funding for AIDS prevention yanked because, quote, 
Young people in that project's video used the correct terminology for male and female anatomy. <laughs> That's absurd. Anyway, this is a familiar pattern, right? Uh, writing in the Chicago Tribune, another one of his appointees, you know, uh, he notes that the, yeah, yeah, uh, let's see. We're gonna debunk feminist myths. Uh, Chris Black says reports of rape, wage discrimination, domestic violence, and gender bias in schools are either flat out wrong or wildly exaggerated. Molly says with alert watchdogs like these looking out for women's interests, how can we go wrong? Check out Laura Bush tonight. Uh, at the last, uh, Republican convention, there was a, uh, a dress code telling the women not to wear dangling earrings. But I saw the Bush daughters wearing dangling earrings. I'm shocked. Shocked. This has been Jennifer Stone. I'll be back on the air Thursday morning at 8.20. Till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. I'm Eileen Alfandari. Every night at 6 o'clock, join me, Mark Maracle, Wendell Harper, and the rest of the KPFA News team for in-depth alternative coverage of the day's events. International, national, state, and local news on the KPFA Evening News on 94.1 FM. 